0: Welcome to The New Chemist. We're glad you're listening. Feel free to download this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and Spotify. Here on The New Chemist, we discuss chemistry, which simply put is the science of change, as well as careers, community, research, and COVID-19. We're happy you're tuning in. My guest today is Luis Rosa. Thanks for joining me today. It is good to hear from you. Just briefly, I'll inform my audience about you. Luis Rosa is a robotics PhD student at Georgia Tech with a mechanical engineering bachelor's degree from UPRM and a master's degree from Georgia Tech. He works in the healthcare realm, developing machine learning algorithms that help process physiology in the loop to better control exoskeletons that improve walking efficiency and safety. Please welcome Luis Thank you, Louise, for joining me today. It is good to see you. Likewise. Yes. So, um, as we begin, I do have a few questions for you. Um, do you have any advice for those wanting to pursue the field you're currently studying in?
1: Ooh. Well, um, I'm studying robotics, and I think it's a pretty new field. Uh, So it's uh, definitely not, maybe not as much information out there. I'd say uh, robotics is a big field. So step one should be maybe defining within robotics what kind of work you're interested in. both the nature of the work, as in, are you looking for an academia job? Are you looking for an industry job? Um, Some startup or something else? Um, Or and and also like, are you? you, Are you more of like the coding kind of robotics researcher or worker? Are you more on like the design side of things? Or something else, right? Uh, I think it's a big space. And I think it's important to have a concrete goal so that you can better tailor how you do things, what you learn about. Um, So I definitely do that. And yeah, I I guess depending on on which path you choose and would be my recommendation, but definitely work hard and and look for what you really need to do to get to the places that you want. Everything should be focused on what your ultimate goal is, is is what I would say. And I I think this goes not just for robotics, but whatever um, domain or area you're working at, definitely look up to what you want to do and what you need to do to get there, which sometimes is not as easy as it sounds. Um, The Information might be nowhere to be found, but ask people, ask people around, and I think that can lead you towards, or at least closer to where you want to be.
0: Yeah, that's very true. Networking does play a large role, and communication is important, as well as having concrete ideas for your aspirations that complements you being closer to achieving your goal. So, Luis, I think by any standard or yardstick, people can say you have been successful as a student. Um, (laughs) I don't know. You know? Maybe. Well, (laughs) I I think so. So... (laughs) How have you been so successful as a student in the field?
1: So I guess it depends how you define success. Yeah. Um, there's the classic academic success of just getting straight A's and doing grading classes. I think in the PhD classes tend to be less important and it's more about the research that you do. I will admit that when I first started my PhD, I probably, I really didn't know what I was doing. I didn't know about the research that I was doing or like how to do research. I think I was way behind maybe because of my lack of experience. Not, And I think this is very common is maybe a lot of us didn't have maybe the upbringing or the facility and resources to to be experts in research early on or know how to do it. So I think what has made me better, let's say, I think it's recognizing those shortcomings. It's knowing where you might not be as strong or you might need to do some extra work to catch up. Uh, And then, you know, putting in that extra work uh really caring about your performance and where it matters which again and and, and phd is like a lot of moving parts of classes and research and making your advisor happy um but i think what has brought me to where i am now which is definitely a better uh, position than i started with uh like professors are happy with my work and that that for me that's like all oh, that it sounds sad, but that's like all that matters when you're doing your PhD because like they're the ones that say whether like you're making progress. Um uh, I mean there's there's tons of things. Um and you wanna do great research and good science that people that's valuable for people and for your future. But yeah, I, I think it's it's knowing the areas that you can work on to improve and putting in the, like asking around, ask your fellow lab mates, ask your peers and colleagues about what, what it is that they're doing and, and just always try to be aware and conscious about your performance and how you're doing. Doesn't mean you have to always overdo it. That, that's another thing that I, I kind of have to say, like research will, it's never done. Research is never done. There's always more that you can do. Mm-hmm. You're exploring new areas. So it's it's important to keep, again, everything in perspective so that you can better um, manage your time and have, you know, I'm getting, I'm, I'm, I'm spreading a little bit too much on this answer, but <laughs> let's just say uh, to be successful, you really need to be on top of what you're doing and why you're doing it how you can be
0: better at all of it. Yeah, I completely agree. Self-awareness is very important. You have to know yourself to grow yourself and to improve yourself and to become actualize as a person. Um, So how have you maintained vision and teamwork in your environment? Because all those things are very important. How have you, in research, and I've seen this personally, teamwork is so important in research to be able to work properly with your lab mates or uh, classmates. It's important, especially in a graduate program. Um, So how have you, as a graduate student, maintained that in your environment?
1: Yeah, um, so I think I could do better with teamwork. I I will admit, I think, I'm I'm, I'm unconscious about it, right? I think uh, it, Kind of sadly depends a lot on your research project and your research advisor. There's some labs, so for example, right now I'm co-advised, and I can give you both examples so you can. Uh, and one of them he has a few grad students, and each grad student works on their own little projects. So it's it's harder to do teamwork on the same stuff because everyone has their own goals. Whereas the other advisor has a like 20 grad students and they have subgroups and every subgroup meets weekly and works on very similar stuff. And that helps with teamwork. So that's part one is like, what does your environment allow? Like, are you able to work in teams? Uh, And the thing is, and why I say all of that of like, yeah, we're working on the same or not? is because I believe teamwork is possible regardless of you not being necessarily working on the same thing, right? Okay. I think if you're intentional uh, about collaboration, you can involve people in other ways. Be it be to brainstorm or exchange ideas or ask for help. Um, I was one who like I. I don't like asking for help. I like doing things on, by myself and, all, and, not, and just because I don't want to be occupying or bothering people. But at the same time, I, I've, I've learned through my PhD that I need to ask for help, and I need to take into account other people's point of view. And like, in the end, I think it, it helps you grow and learn from others, and it helps the project be like, have better results because you're accounting for more brains. And I think people are generally willing and happy to help you if, if they have the time. So I think when it comes to teamwork, I would say be intentional and proactive in looking out for people. Don't wait for them to ask or don't wait for you to need it necessarily. Sometimes, even if you don't need the help, uh, it's good to still ask for that extra opinion of somebody else. It's good to, you know, involve other people and invest in them, invest in your relationship with them. And I, I guess I'm, I'm looking at it from the research perspective, but yeah. out there and you can be above them like you can be their boss or it could be the other way around, like they're your boss and you still have to be conscious of this whole situation in all cases, try to promote more of that conversation and that inclusiveness of ideas. Um, and again, invest in that relationship and it will pay in dividends like it, it will definitely and certainly help you do more
0: okay yeah that's good um so why did you choose um mechanical engineering as a field to major in
1: so for mechanical engineering the long story short i'd say it's because i like legos okay Uh, I, i i feel like this is like every engineer's uh answer but um yeah i I, when i was trying to choose um in my family there weren't really any engineers and i kind of i did not want i wanted to be a professional but i didn't want to do let's say like medicine or law uh, other things not that there's anything wrong with them this wasn't for me um and because i was good with math and building things and you know that maybe a little creative mind you could say um my my parents thought engineering would be a good way to go and then we kind of asked some an engineer or two what they thought and oh they they were mechanical engineers after all so they might have been biased about how mechanical engineering is good I think I think they they were accurate in saying that it's it's a broader it's broader than most mm-hmm. engineering disciplines, uh, and just because of that, um, I, I think it it really resonated with the things that I liked, uh, at least in paper. Okay. Uh, yeah, I think that's the long story short.
0: Okay, cool, man, cool. So why did you choose robotics as a field to do your doctoral studies in? Why did you choose robotics as a concentration?
1: Yeah, so funny story. Um, okay. It was, I, it was pretty recently. It was like at the end of my undergrad. Okay. I was doing some cleanup, and I found like in my house, in my closet, all these old things, and I found... Uh, like a binder that I did in fifth grade and had an autobiography. (laughs) Okay. And part of it said, like, what do you want to do when you grow up? And it said uh, robotics and help people. Wow. I wanted to build robots. And at this point, like I'm already like applying to a robotics PhD. So it's it's funny for me to think that I've always kind of wanted this and I just forgot that I wanted it. Wow. <laughs> um so that that's like, yeah, I've always wanted it, but at the same time, what made me remind what reminded me of this, I don't know, passion that I had. Um, I did this internship at Boeing in which, uh, I was very proactive in asking, uh, people higher up. I, I asked them for interviews and I was going, moving all around, exploring what they had. Um, and I went to this, uh, research and development lab that they have in, uh, University of Washington. Mm-hmm. And there it's, it's, it's a robotics lab. And that's where I met for the first time somebody who had done a robotics PhD. Wow. Which I did not know was a thing. I was like, wait, wait, what? I could do a PhD in robotics? Uh, So, you know, there I am, ignorant to the world of possibilities that's out there. Um, And after that, I I changed, I started doing robotics, like I started doing research and I, because I had done a little bit of robotics, like special projects and stuff, but, um, yeah. So I, I think it was a combination of the opportunities that presented themselves in undergrad to do a little robotics work, and then learning about how robotics is an issue, that that really automatically clicked, and yeah, I was driven to it. Sense.
0: okay good dude that's good that's good it's interesting you said you always had the passion all along it just took you a while to, remi- to remind yourself yeah about, I, yes, but, yes. yeah dude, that, that's interesting because you know i think you know sometimes amidst the circumstances and obstacles that people may face um, sometimes you your hope your dreams are deferred and you put them to the side and then you don't always pursue them, but it's good that you're pursuing something you've always been passionate about. So given all your responsibilities and accomplishments, how do you maintain a balanced life? Or how are you trying to maintain a balanced yeah, life?
1: Yeah. Um, in short, you have to prioritize it. It yeah, has priority. to be one of your priorities. Yeah. You have to be intentional. And the way I see it is, I am more efficient, I am better at my work. If I am well slept, if I am eating healthy, I feel better. If I exercise, I feel better. If I take time to socialize and meet people, I feel better. And all that for me translates into better work. Uh, And in the end, like I'm doing a PhD, but I'm also in my 20s. So I don't want to like completely just be in lab 24 seven. I don't think that's healthy. I don't Mm -hmm. think I'll, I'll be happy later on if I just went by all these years without meeting anyone, right? Uh, So I think being intentional, being proactive and, you know, setting yourself like a minimum kind of like at least one night at a week, I I'll go eat with somebody or like something. Different people have different needs and different amounts of social requirements, let's say. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, definitely, definitely spend time on you. Um, and yeah, I I could give say a lot more, but I think it's it's different for everyone. But as long as you do not get too carried away with work i i I have a saying that's uh we work to live we don't live to work so Mm, yeah it's true it's a a job to get money and food on the table and uh, in the end you just want to do other things as well so that's me that's what i think
0: yeah Yeah, and the thing i uh, one of the things i keep in mind is that you know work will always be there, whether you're there or not, whether the people are there or not, whether yeah. you make time for them or not, work will always be there. So you Very have to true. make sure you put it in perspective and context of Very your time. True. Yeah. So yeah. you, you want to say something, Luis? I was going to say that it ties up to what I
1: said earlier that yeah. research is never done. It's like, work is, there's always going to be more. Yeah. So just, just take your time too. <laughs>
0: So how have you found the right environment for you to thrive scientifically and intellectually? Why did you choose this specific university to do your PhD at? Or or how have you found a good environment for you to thrive? Um, Why did you choose this environment?
1: Yeah, so I think environments for youth thriving can go in two ways. One is the university or the the company or wherever you're working. Um, in my case, I came to Georgia Tech for a summer research program before, uh, while I was an undergrad, and that's where I kind of learned about a lot of things and research in Georgia Tech. But it wasn't until I did some search of my own of what the top robotics universities were. That's when I saw Georgia Tech was like number three on some ranking on the like best robotics. I don't know, know how official that ranking list is, but I knew Georgia Tech was a great option. And I also had liked what I saw in terms of environments and culture. Mm -hmm. I liked the collaborative and the, you know, inclusion of minorities and all of this. Mm -hmm. Um, So I applied to the top robotics schools. I didn't get into many, uh, but I got into Georgia tech, which was like my number one choice just because of it was very good at robotics and very good at that support that comes with it. Um, so yeah, when it comes to finding the great environment that's conducive is again what do you want to do and what's the best that you can what's the best place that you can get to and be and be working at that will yeah. help you get there. Yeah. That's um, true. And the other quick thing about environment for success is it's also important to be aware of your surroundings like and it sounds menial, but like where you live and uh, who is surrounding you, uh, who, who are the people that have influence in you, whether mm-hmm. you're conscious about it or not, I think that's mm-hmm. also very important for and has very big impact in like your scientific and what what your performance is. Yeah. So yeah, the first semester for me, I had a, a long commute and even that it was like new to me and it affected like my day to day. So it's, it's little things that you also have to keep in mind and, and try to optimize so that you know. your whole performance is good.
0: Yep, I agree. So um, Luis, how do you maintain view of a bigger picture a view of the bigger picture in your life and in your career in general. When you face obstacles and challenges, how do you keep things in perspective?
1: Yeah, so I think I think a lot about life and like kind of these um, very big picture ideas of why we do things. I I like to dream, and it sounds I don't know how it sounds, but I like to dream and think about. The future and what I could do uh, and I like to have big aspirations uh, I've, I've been a positive person all my life and I, I think it helps me and it drives me to have those big aspirations and even if you even if I don't really become like Iron Man or whatever crazy <laughs> idea I could have yeah. Um, I could still go a long way. Uh, I could still go a long way. And and the thing is, I think there's a sweet spot between how much work you want to put in in, on a daily basis and where you want to where you want to get to. Um, Maybe you're not willing to work 100 hours a week like some CEOs uh, I've heard about uh, that are famous. I, I don't want that, right? So I, I might be happy with uh, not being the next Elon Musk. Let's to say, like, uh, I've heard he works a long hours. I might be wrong. Don't quote me on this. But um, yeah. so, yeah, I think it's just a constant reminder of what do you want to do and uh, have that vision of what, what is driving and why. Have a reason for doing things. mm mm-hmm definitely have a reason don't do things just because uh it's the right thing or or like it's it's what people told you is what you should be doing like really think about why you do things and and if you have some good reasons then then those good reasons will maintain and will still be there it might keep changing on a daily basis and Mm -hmm. it might evolve and, and But those changes will be a lot smaller if you had a good foundation, right? Because we change as people and what we Mm -hmm. want might change. But if you had a good foundation, it's not like one weekend and you're regretting coming into grad school. That's not how it should be. Um, So I feel like because I I put in enough time to figuring out what it is I wanted, I'm, I'm like, I have more than enough reasons to uh, stay and 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 work through the problems, which I think is the hardest part, right? It's uh, mm-hmm. they'll, they'll come the tough times, and and you want to quit and like do something else, um, and that's when you have to look back to the big picture, look back yeah. to the impact that uh, you want to have and and that you've had, right? Also give you some credit on what you've done so far so I think it's it's just about perspective and being uh intentional about it um Mm. I just just to finish I know I've talked a lot but uh it's fine uh so uh there was a study it's famous study maybe you know it uh of a class from Harvard or some very big university and I studied them through many years and let's say 30 or years after graduation, the the top like 2% or the top earners and the most successful ones in that whole class were people who every day read, like wrote down and read to themselves what their goals were for the day, for the year, uh, you know, for, for 10 years. So people who every single day they woke up And they reminded themselves why they are doing things Mm -hmm. every day. And I think getting into those sort of habits in which you're intentional about reminding yourself and why you're doing things, what it is you want, Mm -hmm. that will make your daily problems like trivial in comparison to that big goal that you're going for.
0: So that's powerful. That's powerful. That is really good. Yeah, that is like, remind yourself of why you're doing things on a daily basis. Yeah, that's very good. Because, you know, I think it's very important for us not to just do things like out of, just do things, just keep on going without rationalizing our reasons for doing things. Um, and, And also, you made the comment, you know, things will evolve. Yes, life is almost like, and I say this from my, small experience in life being a young 20 something year old 23 year old my
1: we're all young
0: yeah we're all young so <laughs> my thing is you know for some for some reason it comes out it stands out to me that life is almost like a research experiment in some ways you are adjusting things adjusting parameters because you have idealized you have an idealized goal that you're trying to achieve so you're adjusting yeah. things as time progresses so yep. yeah
1: ask ask any any older person they could be 60 and they're still figuring out life
2: yeah that's true that's true that's
1: true so don't don't stress about it but just be intentional and i think having those good small habits will really go a long way so just just make good habits yeah yeah that's true sounds
0: easy sounds easy but yeah yeah but um just before we conclude Um, I'd like to discuss, how have you been adaptive and creative in the field of science? As a researcher, I think this might be quite easy for you because you're working in a very novel field, relatively novel.
1: Yeah, Yeah, I mean, so being creative, I I guess there's two ways. I'm going to talk about two ways of it. I'm just going to say there's the creative solutions that you might come up with uh, for your, you know, immediate work or research problems. So uh, I'm trying to solve X and, you know, and that's very individual, like the way you think and your brain works, you'll come up with different solutions. Um, and I think towards that, you have to be in a good frame of mind. And that That's And you have to educate yourself and and get enough knowledge in so that you have enough data points, right, to Mm -hmm. make the best uh, estimate or the best guess or Right. So I think when it comes to that scientific aspect of creativity um, and innovation, it's just um, making it easier for yourself to come up with these awesome ideas. Right. So set up the whole surroundings as we were talking earlier about your environment and all of that, like make it conducive for you to come up with them. Uh, and the second thing is you also kind of have to be creative in life and into how to deal with other problems that might come your way. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that's where I've ha- really had to, I don't know put it some effort just because um, life really throws curveballs at you yeah. and different people have different issues and what's a problem for me might not be for you and vice versa mm-hmm. um, but I, I think sometimes it, it requires creativity to get out of these situations and I think that comes paired with again a perspe- a greater perspective like a uh, zoomed out look at what, what's happening. Um, yeah, uh, I've had to kind of, I've I've been humbled coming here cause you think you know a lot about yeah. things and life and then you realize you, you really don't Yeah. or vice versa. You think you don't know anything and some people are great and they're just have like this cluster syndrome or something. Um, yeah. So yeah, I think that perspective and that just willingness to keep going and look for another option, look, always look for other options, not settling right away. Mm-hmm. You do have to settle at some point and do something, right? But well, always looking for a better way to do things and improve yourself. Uh, I'm like always optimizing. I like that word, right? Like yeah. always looking for a better way to do things. And I think that leads in the end to more creative, more novel, constructive work and more novel ways
0: of navigating through life. Wow, that's good. Thank you, Luis, for joining me today. It was good to have you on. Thanks for having me. Thanks for listening. We're glad you were able to tune into this podcast.